okay, I can put my pride aside to ask for help, ask for guidance. What was that for you? And how can that help others? Which one hurts more asking for the help or not getting the result? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Hey man, I don't care. I don't care about none of this pride, this ego stuff. I need the result. What's up, what's up? You are now listening to FY Fly the podcast, and I'm your host, Hassan Thomas, along with Remy, and we are here to share tools on how millennials can budget, save, invest, and understand student debt and credit to achieve financial freedom. If you're a high school student, college student, or someone who's interested in gaining more financial insight, this podcast is for you. What's up, what's up, my FY Fly folks out there? How y'all doing? I hope y'all doing all right. Welcome to the FY Fly podcast. My name is Hassan Thomas, a.k.a. the kid that did and the man that can, baby. And today, we're going to be chopping up with stock trader, entrepreneur, and the founder of Secure the Bag, Mr. Tay Sweat. What up, man? What up, man? How you, bro? Good, good, my man. Hey, I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir, man. I'm super happy to have you here. Got connected by Sean Anthony. Shout out to one of the GOAT podcasters, man. We about to turn up, ain't we? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know the energy is good, bro. We ready. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because this is FY Fly, where we like to skip the fluff and get right into the good stuff. So my first question for you is, man, were you always, you know, business and money savvy? Or was there a point in your life where you were like, okay... Now it's time to get right. Now it's time for me to focus. I mean, that's a good question. No, short answer. I have not always been, you know, savvy with money. I, you know, grew up poor, single mom, you know, taking care of two kids. Mom barely made 20K a year, you know. So were um, you in Puerto Rico then? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. So where you come I'm actually at? born and raised, man, Nashville, Tennessee. East okay. Nashville. Okay, I, I went to Maryville College. That's where this ring okay. is from. Yeah. Okay, yeah. definitely know about Maryville. So, yeah, <laughs> man, you know, like I said, you know, very, very humble beginnings. People ask me about, you know, what got me started into entrepreneurship. I yeah. just knew that, you know, I didn't like being, you know, told what to do. I didn't like showing up for, you know, clocking in, clocking out. I started knocking on doors and mm-hmm. cutting grass, cutting people's grass since I was like 13. Okay. And that was like my hustle from 13 all the way through high school. And, you know, from there, man, it just, you know, it turned into a thing where I said, no, nah, this is it. Nobody can control mm. how much money I'm able to make because all I need to do is knock on more doors if I want to make more money. <laughs> Come on, man. The power so, yeah, of the numbers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I got a quick story about just like the numbers game of entrepreneurship, but it was in football. And you played basketball, so I'm gonna come to you with a sports related question. But so when I was playing football my senior year, I actually sent my film to over 500 coaches. You know how many of them actually responded? Five. But you know how many I needed to get a scholarship? One. You know what I mean? So for everybody listening, you can learn from that little story right there shoot your shot. Shoot your shot, because if you shoot, if I would have, you know, if I would have sent the email to a thousand coaches, I'd had 10 respond, probably would have got two scholarships. So it's the same thing with the numbers game. But you said you hooped. So I want to get your your thought process. What's kind of the one of the biggest lessons that you learned from hooping that you took and implemented into your entrepreneurial and your financial life? I don't take no for an answer. I told the basketball coach, I said, hey, you're not going to let me on the team this year. I said, give me a year. 
I went home about 18 months. I dropped 120 pounds. I came Lord. back. Yes, sir. I came back my junior year. I said, put me on put me on the floor. Mm. He's like, who grew a few inches? I'm 6'3", you know, 180 pounds now. And then I'm windmilling. Mm. Oh, I'm going dunks, crazy. You know, right? Going crazy. So is this like, a transfer? Who is it? Exactly. Right? And they didn't know who I was because I yeah. lost all the weight. And that, that lesson in itself, man, is what led me to say, okay, no matter what adversity you go through, no matter what you go through in life, you can work your way to what you want, no matter what. And from there, man, like I said, I don't take no for an answer. If I say I want a million dollars and I don't see it in the bank, you're yeah. going to put in the work to go get a million dollars. For So so what 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 characteristics would you say are needed to have that mindset and actually execute that mindset? Execution might be one of them, but what other <laughs> characteristics would you say I needed? But that's good. I would say, so yes, execution. And, you know, I don't want to be cliche and say, oh, hard work. You work hard. Now, nah, mm. man, hard work is there. It's a given. But one of the biggest things I've always lived by is if you do right by people, mm -hmm. right? If you do right by people, you do the right things. Karma, I'm a big believer in karma. For sure. Right? You're going to get that good karma back. So you get in or you get out what you put in. Basically, so mm -hmm. if you put in good energy, you put in good hard work, you put in good karma, you're going to get yeah. good energy back. You're and that's universal. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I always tell myself, no matter how hard things get, no matter how much adversity I go through, I just tell myself, okay, just keep going. Keep going mm -hmm. hard at it. Are you doing right by people? Are you doing right by yourself? You following what you need to follow? Cool. It'll, yes, it'll work out. Just keep going. Keep going. Yes, and no matter how hard it gets, bro, I just keep going. And it, it always works out. Oh, man, I was just talking to my girlfriend about that. I said, you know, I'm going to be in this business and financial space for a long time because I, I'm a good person and good people do good business. If you a Absolutely. bad person, you're going to do bad business. And eventually it's going to leak out and people life. are not going to want to do business with you anymore. Absolutely. You're right. He's 100 percent, bro. 100 percent. So I want to know for you, what actually came first? Was it the stock market investing or did you begin with real estate? Because I know you're heavy in both asset classes. So talk to us about that. What came first? I'm actually throw a third one in there, man. So yes, sir. the first, the very first one that came was business, right? Okay. Building a business. And it was by way of basically personal training. That's how mm -hmm. I got my start. People saw me lose all this weight when I was younger. And they're like, hold on. You lost 120 pounds on your own. You gotta yeah. be a personal trainer, bro. Like that—that's your <laughs> destiny. <laughs> so, yeah. So I started Had that social there, proof. Man. We talked about social yeah, absolutely. Proof. <laughs> and that—I mean, who better than yourself to be that walking billboard, right? Facts. So, so for me, man, I—I I, I just took it and I ran with it, and I, I ended up making over a million dollars, bro, uh, in a personal trainer, right? Yeah. And from there, that's when the real estate came. That's when you know the interest in the stock market came. I got actually introduced one of my clients. His name is Charlie. Charlie, okay. actually, he was a billionaire. And I knew I knew he had some some information up there. So I said, I don't want your money. I'll work with you, but I need you to teach me. I need you to Jeez. teach me in exchange. Right. The value for um, value. Yes, sir. That's it. So I mm. did that whole value exchange probably for about six months. And everything he was talking about was investing your money in the stock market, investing in the companies and letting these companies make you more money. Mm. OK. And that was my first introduction to getting into actual stock. Okay. I had already bought my first property. You know, that that didn't go well. I, you know, I, a lot of stuff happened. Man, I had to file bankruptcy. This is back in 2008. 
crash. So we had a crash in 2008. I had bought my first property. I felt good. I was still working. This is before the million came. And the whole crash came in 2008. I lost it all. Bank mm-hmm. went, you know, had to go back to sleeping on my mom's floor. That's how crazy it got. So what was that first step to get you back on track after the 2008 recession? So the first step, honestly, bro, studying up, you know, my, my financial literacy wise, you know, I wanted to be For more sure. literate when it comes to uh, financial stuff. So, yeah, man, mm-hmm. I said never again. So that's that was my like. Okay, kick in the butt. We ain't coming back here. Yeah, big facts, big facts. And I feel like for everybody listening, y'all hear the initial step was studying. And we know oftentimes we get a negative connotation for the word study because what have happened to us in school from learning the things that don't really apply to us, things that don't that we don't really care about. So I want everybody listening to kind of change your mindset on the word study. Because something that I like to say, you know, the more that you learn is the more that you can earn. So for everybody listening, kind of change your mindset on that. And I want to tap back into also something you said. You found somebody who was super, super knowledgeable and you did a value exchange and offered to work for them. And instead of getting paid, you wanted the knowledge. So talk about how you think we can take away the, the, the ego around asking for help you know because in 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 this this is a really good question because you were already successful you were already building you were already you know getting already going to get there eventually but what was it that was like okay i can put my pride aside to ask for help ask for guidance what was that for you and how does how can that help others Man, that's that's real good. The reason why I say that's good is because that's especially with men. That's one of the things we have issues with. For me, you don't know what you don't know. And I started telling myself which one feels better or let me say it a different way. Which one hurts more asking for the help or not getting the result? Come on. And I was like, I hey, like man, that. I don't care. I don't care about none of this pride, this ego stuff. I need the result. <laughs> yeah, bro. I was like, nah, I need the result. I need the result. Mm-hmm. Hands down. So for me, yeah, man, like I was like, I, I don't care about the pride, the ego. Give me the result. And I've always felt like once you kind of have that purpose, once you kind of have that end goal, that vision of where you want to go, it's much easier, like you said, which one hurt more? It's much easier to throw the pride away because we want the result. We want to get to that end goal. So that's huge. Hey, y'all gonna be y'all gonna be getting a lot of a lot of useful things in this in this podcast here today, man. For real. <laughs> so I want to jump back to the stock market and the real estate. I want you to because now you're heavily into both. And I want to know, can you give us from from your actual experience, what are some of the pros and cons of each asset class, the stock market? Uh, versus real estate. That's good. Let's see. When it gets to, let's start with the stock market. Best part about the stock market is the low barrier to entry. I mean, a couple hundred dollars, man, you can get it. You can get busy, you know? Yeah. Nowadays, you got fractional shares. You could invest a dollar. Right. So that's the best part is that you can get your money working for you as soon as possible, like literally today. And it really doesn't require much you know, mm-hmm. information or, or like a learning curve, right? There's no contracts to sign, you know, because yeah. real estate, you got to sign contracts. You need to go, you need to be savvy with knowing how to pick the right property and managing that property and 
How you gonna cash mm. flow that property, or how you gonna flip it? Like, there's a For lot sure. of stuff that goes into it. So, with real estate, or excuse me, with stock market, it's literally just me and laptop, right? I push a button. Yeah, <laughs> I have my stocks, you know. So that was definitely the the biggest pro to me is that the barrier to entry is just it's nothing. It's super easy to get in. The con I would say that the stock market has is that it fluctuates so much so that the mm. average newbie is what we call it the average newbie yeah. or new investor it's it's gonna mess with your mind right it'll mess with you're all over the place you're like oh my god it's going up it's going down should i, should I? It, it really does mess with your head mm. but if you the power of longevity and and that long-term investment you'll be fine you'll be totally big fine. facts when it comes to the power of real estate once again the big con is the, the you know the entry is very tough Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you've heard of, oh, zero money down and yada, yada, yada. I get it. But guess what? It's still tough to get in. It's still very tough to get in. Not only that, mm -hmm. it's not just you. Because that big you cash to, buyer come by and you done. There you go. So you have the big cash buyers you need to worry about. You have the banks doing, you know, sniffing around and seeing how, you know, are you a worthy buyer or not? Right? You have all of these mm -hmm. things that you need to worry about. Once again, I could trade the stock market without good credit. I don't need anybody, you know, I don't need a bank out for me. I don't need, like I said, I don't need any inspections and all this contracts and real estate agents. I don't need any of it. It's me and the market. So that's the con, once again, to the, to the real estate market. However, sure. with real estate, I've noticed that you can get much bigger returns over time with real estate. It's much more stable. It's much more... And better on the vision. I'll say that. And what I mean by that is you don't really check the value of your property every day, but you, but you can check your mm. stock market <laughs> portfolio every day. And when it's down, if it makes you feel bad, when For it's sure. up, you feel great. So that roller coaster really isn't there with the stock, with the real mm. estate market like it is with the stock market. So I do like that with real estate. You just kind of sit it there. You can use it right with real estate. You can actually, if you, if you own it, you mm -hmm. know, you can actually use it and live in it and touch it and do things to it. And it's yours. And then as it appreciates, you can sell it for more. So that's the beauty about real estate. I like to be able to mm -hmm. touch my investments. And that's, that's one of those things I can touch. Okay. Okay. All great. Mm -hmm. Thank you for breaking it down like that. That's going to help a lot of people, giving them the pro. And that's one thing when I'm talking about finance, talking about money, I need people to know the best that could possibly happen, but I also need y'all to know the worst order, like the, the, the con, as we said, of these type of investments. So you then can be in the middle and make your decision based on that. You know what I mean? So I, I really do appreciate you breaking it down like that. And you mentioned, you know, long-term investing. Now let's switch a little bit to the trading a little bit more of short-term investing you know, a lot of people fear trading. So what do you feel are some common misconceptions about day trading Absolutely. and day traders? Uh, the biggest, your biggest misconception is it's gambling. It's gambling. It's gambling. It's gambling. It's, you know, it's dangerous. You're going to lose all your money. 90% of traders fail and lose money. Here's the issue with that. When you think about the whole, the majority, right? We have to also ask ourselves, what does the majority usually do? Right. What are some of the majority's habits? Let's mm -hmm. say that 
Do majority of people hire coaches? Do the majority of people do the study work? Do the majority of people actually do due diligence? No. Right? The majority of who lose money are the same majority of people who are just going in there blindly. They don't do the study work. They don't hire the coaches. They don't get Mm -hmm. the help. They don't, you know, they just go in and they gamble. That's that's gambling. Yes. But to bring it back to what I do, of course, once again, you know, I've hired plenty of traders to teach me the game over the over the years. So the number one thing I tell Mm -hmm. people is to always be in the game. And what I mean by that is many people, they'll come in. Let's say you have Mm $5,000. Most people will trade $5,000. That's a mistake. It's a big mistake. What you need to do is if you're going to come in with 5K, you need to start trading with $500. That way, if you lose 500, you got 4,500 left over to I'll be back in tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. You go in with another 500. If you lose that, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. I still got 4,000. Now, if you lose a third Mm -hmm. time straight, you are doing something wrong. You don't know something, right? Because that three yeah, out. Three strikes, you're out. Right? Come on, baby. We go to baseball with it. So <laughs> at that point, I can tell you, okay, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. You need some help. You need some tweaking. And maybe I need to come in and tell you to do this and stop doing that. And then, boom, you still got 3,500 left. You're going with 500. Mm-hmm. And if you're actually good, you should be able to win 70% of the time. And what happens is you start flipping that 20% a day. 10% a day. That's, that's very possible, right? And this is what we do. You go in 10% a day, 20% mm-hmm. a day. Well, 20% of $500 per day, that's $100 a day, right? Right? Come on. And that's what I was going to ask you, man. Like, how feasible is it for people? Because I feel like from the people that I've spoke with, they a lot of them have said, if you want to see big returns, big, you know, big changes in your account, you're going to have to start trading with a lot of money. So how feasible is it to really build up a small very, account through day trade. Something that is very doable. The reason why people don't is that fear and greed that we're going to talk about. Fear and greed is where people fail. Mm. So the math is mathing, right? The math is mathing. We we got the math figured out. What happens is a lot of people, once again, they get greedy. Yes, if, if I get you, if I get you in the market and you start winning, you start winning, you start winning. The first thing you're going to think is if I'm winning this mm. much, throw some more in. Double down, right? Double down. And that's mistake number one I see. So for me, I tell people, I say, no, 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 no. Stick to the script. And, and literally, we call it knickknacking. And so I have a, you know, I do a Discord. I have my whole Discord where, I, you know, I live trade every morning. And, you know, when people say, Tay, I, you know, how do I do this thing? I say, we're going to knickknack sure. our way there. And what that means is if you got $500, you're going to make 50 to to $100 per trade. That's it. And to the average person, that's not a lot because you can't quit your job on that. Okay. Right. You can't quit your job. You can't, you know, it's not mm-hmm. life changing. Yeah. But if you knickknack your way, 50 here, 50 there, 50 there, 50 there. Guess what? 10 trading days a month of $50 is $5. You just doubled your money that month. Right. And if you do that every Back. month and you just double your money every month, double mm-hmm. your money every month. So now you're going to start sure. trading thousand dollar positions because you have 500 plus the 500 you made. So the very next month, if you keep the same thing, we knickknack our way ten percent, ten percent, ten percent. That's a hundred dollars a day, ten days a month. That's another thousand dollars. You doubled your money. So now what you start to realize is, man, if I just stick to the ten day, yeah. ten trading days profit, I could double my money every month. Yes, you can, right? Yes, you can. Yeah. Right. So then we <laughs> go powerful. month three. You go from a thousand mm-hmm. to two thousand. Month four. You go from 2000 to 4000 Month five, you go from 4000 to 8000 You see what mm-hmm. I'm doing? And we go 16, 
You see where I'm going? 32, yeah. 64,000, 120. And that before you know it, you got six figures in yep. your account. And you you only started with $5,000. In your trading account. Man, that is amazing, man. So what is what would you say an average day of trading looks like? Are you at the computer all day? What does that look like? Yeah, man, uh, I don't sit at the computer all day. For me, you know, I wake up, we trade pre-market uh, or we not trade, but we just look at the pre-market to see what's going on. Just so we have a good gauge about what, you know, what we're getting mm. ready to enter. But yeah, I go in, market opens at 930. Sure. I might trade from 915-ish or watch the market from 915 to about 1130. I'm out of there. I'm out of there. That, and that's tops. Mm -hmm. And the only reason it takes me that long is because I'm actually teaching because we, we do live yeah. trading. I'm actually teaching that, those two hours. But for me, I can yeah. find like the first play. I can find that first mm -hmm. play in about 10 minutes. It takes me another 10, 15 minutes for it to go where I know it's going. I'm out of there. I make my quick 10, 20 percent. Mm -hmm. I'm done for the day. Now, because I teach and I do this for a living, uh -huh. I usually try to give them two to three alerts per day. So if somebody maybe showed up late or they missed the first one or whatever it may be, I can give you three alerts a day. Yeah. And that's not guaranteed, but you know, I'm looking for those alerts to give you three alerts. So within a two to three hour window from nine to mm -hmm. about noon, I should be able to find you about three alerts that we can jump in the market and make some money, 10% and get out of there. That's the goal. And literally we just knickknack our way there. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Knickknack. <laughs> hey, baby, come on. So, man, I want to know more of, because I know you are a long-term stock investor as well. So, is do you like to do it by percentages? Do you like to do it by automation? Boom, we're going to automate a certain amount. Is it based on a percentage? Percentage, Like, kind of let us know. And the way I do things is not necessarily a percentage. The way I do things is the risk profile. So, for me... My smallest amount of money mm. will go into day trading, right? Because it's the risky, like the most risky form of, okay. you know, investing. Then as I make profits, I move those profits into longer term investing, you know, investments. So there's a hierarchy. So it goes okay. very risky day trading. Then some of that money goes into longer term trading, six months, a year, something like that. Then I go to the next level. The money that comes out of that account, profits, goes into the long term where I'm going to sit for, I don't know, 10 years plus on those stocks. And that allows me to be super, super yeah. safe. So you go from very risky with day trades, less risky with mm -hmm. longer term trades, like a year or two, and then even less riskier with very long mm -hmm. shares that are held for 10 plus years. And then the money that even comes out of that right yes, sir. The money that comes out of that is going to go into real estate so that's that's my hierarchy of how I, I allocate my money okay i love that man for everybody listening sounds like that we need to be having different buckets of money that are serving purposes in our life whether it be a bucket for um, a certain type of investment bucket for a certain type of savings right now i have a bucket where i'm saving up for my first home at 27 that's my goal I have another bucket, of course, that's going to my Roth IRA. So uh, having these different buckets of money that are actually serving purpose and that you're intentional with, I think will really help a lot of the Absolutely. folks listening. As we talked about with the day trading and kind of your schedule, you said you don't sit at the computer all day. 
And I did see that you have a son. So big shout out to you and your family, man. Congratulations for that. Much appreciated, man. That's that's my world. That's my world, man. And literally, I carve out most of my day to be able to enjoy time with my son, enjoy time with my wife. I'm a family man. So that's that's my thing. That's what I was gonna that's where I was going with it, man. You know, running a eight figure business, speaker, educator, and many other titles, man. How do you have the balance and make the time for all of these different, uh, you know, all of the different people in your life? And how do you show up your best self in all of these different areas? You got some good questions, man. I like it. I appreciate it, I would say this. For me, it's really finding your hierarchy. And what that basically means is what's most important? What's most important? Mm -hmm. Right? What are your priorities? Priorities. And that also means you're going to have to say no to a few of these things, Mm -hmm. a few things. So, you know, my priorities, of course, is me first. I always say you got to take care of self because if I go down, everybody goes down. Right. That's how I look at it. So it's me first. Then gotcha. it's my family. Then it's my, you know, of course, I have to take care of my my, my actual students who pay me to show up. Right. Then it's going to be, you know, my team. So I have mm-hmm. to take care of them because I wouldn't be anything without my team and my students. And then For from sure. there, if I have the time left, then everybody else get a little, you know, get a little time. But yeah, man, I, I focus on the hierarchy of things, putting myself first. Because if, once again, if you don't take care of yourself, working out, making sure your food is on point, you see, I'm drinking the, you know, the good water we got over here, right? I want to mm-hmm. make sure that I'm taking care of it. It's, it's really just, you know, focusing on that hierarchy, man. I'm telling you, if you could take care of self and then trickle down everybody from there, everything gets much, much easier to knock out. Yes, sir, man. That's that's kind of what I did when I left college. I had I had to create tunnel vision. So basically, I put everything that I care about, everybody that I cared about into my tunnel. And if you fell out of that tunnel, then you're not getting my time, energy or my money. Absolutely. I love that, man. And that, that's a that's a great way. Yeah, I agree with that. So I want to I want to ask you a question on kind of touching back on balance of like spending habits because i feel like everybody has their vices and if you're making enough money and you're actually um, aware of your certain vices then it won't be as bad so do you do you do you believe there's some type of balance of okay i have my uh, vice you, you but i am it. also it. financially um, responsible understanding do your you, vices where, where do you see that um, balance at not deprived you know a lot of people deprive themselves of their you know the things mm. that they want you work hard you should deserve to go get what you what you want just don't do it irresponsibly right there's a responsible way to splurge right and that was kind of my thing like i wanted mm. that lambo okay cool i'm not gonna like force yeah. my way into it by taking out a bunch of debt I, when i can actually afford to pay cash for it so it's just doing it responsibly man i don't i'm not one of those people to say yeah. you know you can't have your coffee you know if you save five dollars on coffee every morning you could be a millionaire by the time you're 60 now nah, i don't believe in that okay man and i feel like that even goes back to what we talked about with the hierarchy and your priorities you Absolutely. know if you got them priorities straight and you handled everything Absolutely. and you got some disposable yes, income left go turn up go do do what you want to do so i i love that Man, for all my fly folks listening, I want y'all to take some of the gems that we talked about here today. You don't have to implement them all right now, but if you can pick two or three smaller things that you can implement, start doing those things and then watch over time. Just like money behind me, just like this money compounds over time. Skills and attributes and good habits are going to compound over time as well. 
So take some of them smaller gems, put them into your game, and watch your game change. So again, Tay Sweat, man, thank you so much for dropping by. Everybody else, y'all already know, we need y'all to stay safe, stay invested, and stay FYI fly. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you all for listening to FYI Fly, the podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Tune in next week for more financial literacy insights with our special guests. Please visit our website, social media platforms, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at FYI Fly Podcast. That's F-Y-I-F-L-I Podcast. See y'all next week and stay fly.